Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name's Joe Marchalina. Joining me once again, Dairyfield AD and boys lacrosse head coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing today? Doing great, Joe. No complaints about the weather this week, oh, so we no. can get that we can get that out of the way now. It's well, been, I, uh, I heard it's going to be eighty Thursday and Friday, so it might be a little. No, I'm not even going to say it. I'm just, we got I'm that. Just we got I'm that under here. We're playing at night, so we're we're good. We took that into account. You know, it's it's funny. Uh, I went out Saturday to a couple games, and uh, and you know, with uh, the way the spring has been, usually I get the first sunburn. Uh, you know, I it's like I go outside and it's like oh this 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 bright thing in the sky. I forget that it it tinge, tints my skin and kind of makes it hurt an inch. Uh, so that first game in the sun uh, usually get, gets me. Uh, usually, though, it's not in uh, in May. It's in April. So, uh, yeah, I came home Saturday, and uh, my wife was like, you did it again, didn't you? I'm like, hey, at least I had a hat on. At least I'm consistent. You yes. can depend on me. There you go. Yep, every year, every, every first bright sunny day, Joe gets a sunburn. Uh, all right, well, you can listen to the Ninth State Sports Show every Thursday morning during the lacrosse season by going to nh-highschoolsports.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Spotify and Odyssey. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at, at NHHSSports. You can send us feedback or questions there by sending an email. Oh, uh, wow, let's try that again. <laughs> you can send us feedback or questions there or by sending an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Now let's take a minute to tell you about our sponsor. The Ninth State Sports Show is proudly sponsored by Prolax Customs Lacrosse. Prolax Customs Lacrosse is the place to go in Southern New Hampshire for professional stick stringing and custom dyed lacrosse heads. Prolax Customs has access to every major brand of lacrosse head and mesh, including ECD, String King, and even the new armor mesh. And goalies, if you're looking for an upgraded pocket or a brand new stick, Prolax Customs is the place to go. You can find them online at prolaxcustoms.com or follow them on Instagram or Facebook or send an email to prolaxlacrosse at gmail.com. Got a little ahead of myself there reading that. Uh, reading the, you, just that any, yeah. you just didn't want any feedback. You're afraid of the listeners. You don't want, no, you don't want any no, feedback. No, no, no. I don't mind the feedback. Uh, I just got a, I got a little bit. I got a little momentum going there, and it just kind of uh, the words all bl- blended together. Well, I, I can understand. You're probably probably just really excited about the uh, the upcoming NCA here's and how many uh, New Hampshire New Hampshire players <laughs> know, we right? got playing. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's we haven't we haven't done a college update in a little while, so let's maybe let's go over that real quick because um, you know the the NCA tournaments are getting underway. Uh, Division three starts uh, Wednesday night, so those games will be in the opening round. Games will be in the books. Uh, by play the time playing game yeah. in D one with uh, Delaware and Marist uh, this after this evening as as we're recording right now yeah um, so it'll be you'll you'll have the result tomorrow morning before before we get there um, but yeah we've got uh, again great representation in the NCAA tournament this year um, Princeton Utah Army and Bryant all with with New Hampshire guys um, you know local guys here playing in the tournament there. Um, any one of those, any one of those teams, kind of stand out to you in terms of like you know, uh, just representation from New Hampshire or you know, in general, or who I'm pulling for maybe, or who you're pulling I for maybe. Might have played, uh, you already... picked a team at the beginning. Well, I, I texted you over the weekend. I, I had to uh, put a it's little, a little you're wager right. on a team that uh, for a stretch there looked like it might not, uh, might have not been the best choice, and then Princeton comes through with, uh, with an Ivy League championship and and keeps my. Um, my my dreams alive there and uh, a local a local New Hampshire boy did did you write there he, uh, Sean Cameron making the all all Ivy League tournament team yeah. there with a with a big uh, f- at least four, four goals? I think four goals yeah, yeah which I don't know if you saw the one I think he had three in the championship game 
Uh, but the one Friday night was uh, just ridiculous. He destroyed that corner. <laughs> that, that was ridiculous. I, I mean, and not just I mean, that, but the, the, the backing up, you know, the yes, fact that he was backing yeah. up and his momentum's going in the other direction. I mean, that shot was what? All, all upper body. Uh, I think I, I think Quint Kesnick des- described him as a wrist shooter, all ri- <laughs> all wrist. He, he's more than that, but that that he had sure. some, he yeah. had some snap on that shot. Yeah. That was uh, that was pretty incredible. And then um, you know for Utah, Cole Cole had an incredible game Cole Brahms, the other day. Yeah, yeah. yeah Cole Brahms uh, facing off really well as well as anybody in the country right now. And uh, you know along those lines has consistently been in the the, the top ten along with uh, you know Nathan Liberty has been in there for Bryant sure um, you know along with along with the other guys from uh, you know Mason Druin Spencer Clark and J J Murphy all all at Bryant right now um, so you know great representation there and then uh, Army West Point um, getting in as well a couple of a uh, couple of local guys on that team with uh, John Sullivan Dawson Clark uh, both from BG. Um, you know, so, and, and I think, um, I'm drawing a blank. Remind me what conference they're in, whatever they've won their conference championship. I think for the You're first time, the, guy, the Patriot league, Come yeah, on, my, you, you, yeah. oh, no respect for the Patriot. League. I get, That's you know, right. That's I, right. I follow a lot of college football and I call out of college basketball and well, and a lot of these teams are not in this, you know, they're in different <laughs> conferences. I, you know, I look up and it, you know, I, I, it's, excuse me for for you know Denver's not well, exactly I will say, what I, I think can under, of. I can understand you know, why Army yeah, Army had yeah. some injuries in the beginning of the season. They they had kind of their eyes opened against UMass. Where everybody looked at that as kind of like, ooh, maybe Army's not that good. UMass had a great season this year, um, you know. But as Army's gotten healthy, they've uh, they they've been on a their 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 only two losses over the last month. They dropped an eleven ten game to Cornell, who made the tournament, and a and a twelve eleven game to BU. Um, you know, right before right before the Patriot League tournament, and then went on a run. I I think they're as hot as anybody right now. Uh, I think you could make an argument that that Bryant might might have been dis or uh, sorry Army got a little disrespected and maybe should have had Bryant's spot. But I could also think you you could make an argument that you know Maryland can't be too happy that they they draw a Bryant team in the first round, which which is known for um, an Army team in the first round, which is known for upsets. You know, they they've knocked off Syracuse a couple times in the tournament there. Um, not going to be an easy matchup um, for for Maryland in the first round. There. Is that any surprise that Maryland stayed where? I mean, didn't they get smoked in the Big Ten championship I, by Michigan? Or yeah, I, I think you know. I think they. I think the tournament committee. I, to be honest with you, I, I don't know what they were really thinking. Like there were some. <laughs> and again, Duke. Duke getting the one seed. Um, you know, I, I think there's. It, it's been a pretty. There's been a lot of upsets. Well, not upsets, but there's been a lot of parity this year. I mean, yeah, there's been yeah. some movement. I think the top three teams, when you when you look at Duke, Virginia, and Notre Dame, I think they've clearly kind of separated themselves. I thought going into the season that Maryland was going to be part of that top group, but I think that just collection of guys they brought in has not gelled in the way they thought it would. Maybe the pieces just weren't a perfect fit. Still a dangerous team, but yeah, I would not be happy if I was I was Maryland and got that that first round uh, game against a very stingy Army defense. You know, you know what else stands out to me looking at. Um you know this this uh, division one two. You know is when we talk about local guys. You've got Cole Brahms at Utah, faceoff guy, Nate Liberty and JJ Murphy at Bryant, both faceoff guys. Uh, you know we talked a lot last year about about. Uh, I feel like uh, Zach Tucci getting a yep. shot in the PLL. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch of other guys too. But you know, what are, is New Hampshire now the? Uh, are we going to be a hotbed for? 
for we face-off might, guys? We might be. I mean, they, they you know, we, we've done a really good job of developing face-off guys, and it's kind of like we've talked about it before. It's one of those things where, like, now you've had those guys in your program, and it just kind of trickles down. You know, Coach Vischer talks about, you know, out of Portsmouth, he's like, Jesus, every guy now is facing off in Portsmouth because, like, they've seen – you know, the, the dividends that it pays and where it can get you in college. And he's like, I wish maybe we could develop some other players too, but like <laughs> we're, we're good with face off for a little bit. So, um, you know, it is, I think it's one of those things that like once kids see like, Hey, this is really cool. Like I can go someplace with this. And then it just kind of starts building upon itself. Um, I don't see it stopping anytime soon. We've got great coaches up here and, and we've got good athletes that, that really invest the time in it. So, um, I, I know co- college coaches are definitely looking to New England and New Hampshire specifically for face-off guys right now. Well, as you said, the uh, the first run- first opening game of uh, the tournament was Wednesday night, um, so you'll know the results of that by the time you're listening to this. Uh, but then Saturday, Sunday, four games each day, all day, you can just probably plant yourself on the couch, uh, you know, flip over to, uh, I'm assuming ESPN, ESPN Plus, those, those games will be on there, so... Um, that sounds like a, a pretty good weekend there, and that's just Division One. Uh, Division Two, we've also got a, a couple local guys who are, um, you know, looking to to make some noise in the in the tournament. Uh, I, I'm I don't know if we talked about this last year, but and maybe I forget every year. But I'm always surprised that like I looked at the Division Two bracket. I'm like, this is the, this is it. Like, do, and it's been expanded, and, and it's expanded, right. and it recently yeah. expanded. It used to be, it used to be even tougher than that. It used to be only four teams, uh, you know, <laughs> two from the north and two from the south. And I, I think it's a great thing now that they they've expanded a little bit. And honestly, Joe, you look at it, it's like, oh, you know, that's it. It, I, I think it's about right. Sure. I don't think there's too many. You know, Division Two out of out of the three divisions is definitely the smallest. And I think, um, I think they've they've got it right right now in terms of the teams that that are that are getting in. Um, I think it's a good mix. Most of those games are going to be pretty pretty uh, competitive, and I think make for a great uh, Northeast champion or Northern Championship and Southern Championship, and then the two will play each other uh, in Championship Weekend there. Um, but to me, the really cool story is Bentley making the tournament for the first time in 31 years, and obviously a lot of that was due to the lack of teams getting into the tournament. But um, really cool for Coach Jim Murphy and, and Bentley there, and and cool for our guys. We've got a ton of guys at Bentley right now. Uh, former player of mine, Jacob Skolton, is there. Wyndham standout, Alex Ryan, uh, Nick McGovern, Johnny Drew, Nathan Dudley, uh, Hunter Smith. You know, guy, guys that you know, local names that were were big time players here that are now making an impact for Bentley, um, which had a great season in the Anytime this year. Yeah. And then, uh, they, so they open with uh, Adelphi uh, again on uh, today, Wednesday afternoon. So uh, the winner of that game then goes to get uh, Lemoyne, who's the top seed in the, in the North. Um, remind me, defend, defending champion, or were they? Was that two years ago that they, they were the last defending year? champion? Okay. Yep. Uh, and then with another local tie, uh, Billy Savage from Timberlane uh, on that Lemoyne team. Um, so that game is uh, is scheduled for Saturday at one, and then on the other side of the northern half, uh, you've got uh, Saint A's uh, Saint Anselm opening with Mercy uh, in that uh, that Wednesday game. Yeah, Saint A's a team that that really helped itself this year. They had they had lost some out of conference games and and ended up getting uh, Bentley twice and beating them, and I think that really helped their strength of schedule this year and in, in, in the eyes of the committee to get them in, even though you know they didn't win didn't win the conference. Um, you know, and again, some some standout players and names that we've known from the past on, on their roster as well. Yeah, Hayden Marshall, uh, Xander Dunsmore, Nick Dahl, 
and uh, Nash Kelly uh, all on that uh, St. A's roster, which is nice to see because we've felt, I think, over the years that, that they've uh, surprisingly not had a ton of New Hampshire guys on their roster. So good to see a few of those guys getting a, getting on there and getting a shot and uh, getting a great opportunity uh, to play in the tournament and, and move on. And then uh, Division Three, we're uh, <laughs> now you we're, saw, we're gonna, now, now we're, you get all the teams yeah, you want. We go, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're gonna uh, we're gonna punt on this one a little bit just because um, there are so many uh, teams and and possible local connections there. But we'll take a look real quick at the uh, what were the playing games uh, on Wednesday um, and and who the local guys are there. And if, and why don't we start with one of your former players? Sure. Uh, um, you know, super proud Ryan Etzo uh, playing for the GNAC champions, Emmanuel. Uh, they open up with, with Maine Maritime. Um, you know, that game's at, at as we're recording, it's at 4 o'clock on, on Wednesday. So they're playing today. Um, and then uh, Lake Forest out in Illinois is taking on John Carroll at 4 o'clock today. Uh, Chaz Dean and Ryan Caparelli, uh, two former Dairyfield players playing for them uh, there. And then um, you've got local New England College who, who won their, you know, they, they played a very challenging out-of-state schedule. They come in, uh, you know, rarely do you see a team with a, a losing yeah, record yeah. make the tournament, but they won, they won their league. So they're in uh, playing Western Connecticut today at 4 o'clock. Uh, standout Tommy Doe from, from Wyndham is there along with some other local New Hampshire guys. Um, so, you know, good opportunity for them. And then uh, we missed Maine Maritime earlier too. Uh, Sam oh, Nichols, sure. Sam yep. Nichols from from Concord. Uh, they're again taking on Emmanuel there. So some neat uh, some neat New England ties there. New England College, your if we were to, we were comparing this to the basketball tournament, your maybe 16 seed that uh, again sneaks its way in buzzer beater uh, in the in the, uh, the the conference tournament, and then uh, is sacrificial. Lamb to the number one seed, but not a little bit different here. Not uh, not a number, you know. You got to be in yeah. it to win it. They're in, so <laughs> you know. There's always there's always hope. All right. Well, yes, we'll have a little bit more on on D three, and then and then um, go over the uh, the games from this past weekend next week as well. Uh, but jumping into uh, back into the high school stuff, uh, got some interesting uh, results from the coaches poll this week. Uh, I, you know, I mean, once again, BG your number one team. Uh, a new number two for the first time ever, uh, Derryfield moving up to the number two spot, uh, replacing Portsmouth, who was there last week for their first time at that spot. So I, I feel like we're we're making progress here. That's now five teams that have been as high as number two. Uh, you in you the and poll. your chaos. You love chaos. I love chaos. It's great, especially come tournament time. <laughs> uh, Exeter uh, jumps up a spot to th from four to three. Pinkerton does the same from five to four. Portsmouth dropped to number five. Uh, I guess I guess the the voters didn't uh, didn't like that overtime win against St. Thomas. Maybe knocked down, knocked them yeah, down. Yeah, I don't, a I don't know. I would I, I, yeah. I'd be using that as motivation right now. I'm not really sure they did yeah. anything to uh, to to lose their to warrant losing their spot. I there. think it's maybe um, more what everyone else did. It's yeah. possible, yeah. you know, yeah. and I think we can get into it a little bit. Sure. Um, also, you know, Pinkerton and Exeter are getting healthy from what I've understood and seen yeah. in box scores. Um, so. Again, you, you said you vote in the moment. You vote where you think teams are based on what they have and how they're playing at that time. Um, but, again, I, I think that's a great top five. I think all those teams are, are really, really good and, and capable of knocking each other off at any time. And then the team that's taken up uh, permanent residence in the number six spot, uh, Bedford, number six all year, hasn't changed. Um, only thing that's changed is the amount of number you know votes they're getting. I think they might have been – Almost unanimous number six uh, this week, which is 
it's I, I just it's it's amazing with so many other teams moving over here and there and here and there you've got that 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 happens in the middle of the poll uh then you get a tie for uh although i looks like i uh have a typo here with the numbers it was a tie for seventh between timberlane and londonderry uh, although if you look at what i posted on the website the points are wrong um but yeah, Timberlane, Londonderry tied for seventh. Merrimack coming in at nine for the second week in a row. St. Thomas at ten for the second week in a row. And then Bo, Winnicott, and Wyndham. Uh, I believe they were all receiving votes last week. And then same thing once again this week. Um, so it's been a pretty. Um, I, I'm with trying to think of the right well, word. I, I, didn't, I think I'm, with the exception of Bishop Girton and well deserved, obviously surplanting itself at the at the number one seed. Uh, it's been a fairly fluid poll. Like we've seen, we have seen way more. I think, we, I think, you know, I in the time I've been doing the poll, there's been a lot more movement than than in other years. Um, the, there's been movement, the but I feel like it's been the same 13, 14, 15 mm-hmm. teams, um, yep. and even even less so the last couple of weeks. So uh, it's just a matter of what order you want to put them in. Um, which you know, I, I keep thinking this every week when I'm looking at it too. Is like, man, how great would it be to have like a an all-in kind of tournament, you know, just even if it was just among those top twelve, top. I think 10, I sent. I think I sent you yeah, that uh, you, that no, picture the other day from Ohio, right, where they basically it's like the top. What did it? What, yeah, I don't know why thirty-eight sticking in my head. There was something. It was something like that, though. Yeah. Like they basically. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm not sure. You'd maybe you know maybe we go to we use lax numbers, right, and the power rank <laughs> power rank everybody at the yeah. end of the season, and and that would I think it makes for some really cool. Cool matchup. First round games might be a little bit tough. I think I think people would complain about travel and things like that for blowouts. But like, I think you'd get some great late round ma- later round matchups. Sure, in there. absolutely. I would I would love to see a uh, a Dairyfield Pinkerton or uh, another Portsmouth Exeter game or uh, you know Bedford Dairyfield Bedford St Thomas. You know, just any one of those games would be. I mean, we are getting a, we are getting a few of those more of those with with crossover games in the within the divisions, but. Um, Come tournament time, yeah. there's a little extra juice that goes along Absolutely. with that. That'd be kind Absolutely. of fun to see. Uh, all right. Well, one thing that um, I meant to bring up last week when we were talking about rules, uh, and and I, I'm I'm wondering if if this is a good idea to do this this early in the podcast because this might be the rest of the show. Uh, Nothing one, gets the people. The only thing that gets people going more than rules talk is weather talk. So we'll we'll, we'll hold on the weather. Well, this talk is a, this specific rule. I know uh, I know it gets gets you, but uh, and I know it gets other other people as well. So that's why I, I, I say it. But I, I heard a finally what I felt was a good explanation on the eye black rule uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, from from an official. And we should probably give what the eye black rule is right so, now. So it's right? it's the one single line yep. underneath each eye, and that's yep. it. Right. Um, There's even a thickness, <laughs> like how thick it can be. It's which, not supposed to be triangles. It's not supposed to be circles. It's not supposed well, to I'm be. Well, I'm saying there's even, oh, no, there's right, even no, like I'm how, I'm saying, how, I'm, I, yeah, how yeah. wide it can be. Uh, it's not supposed to cross your nose. Uh, it's not supposed to cover half your face, um, which I saw the other day. Uh, um, but the reason, you know, obviously the official reason for that is intimidation, which whatever you want to say, whatever you want about that. But the explanation, the, the, the kind of unofficial one that I heard was was to prevent having symbol, symbols on your, your, your eye black on your face that are maybe offensive to others. Um, the one that was th- was kind of using as, as an example was a, a, a swastika and and I you know as hard as it would be for me to think that anyone would want to put that on their face um the days the times we live in now I can't say it wouldn't surprise me if someone tried to do that and that would be 
I, I don't even know what you say about that. That would be horrible, I think. It would be horrible. And, hor- it would I, and be horrible. From, if you look and at it from that perspective, I understand the rule then. Yeah, I just, I again, I, I think – I think there can be a line drawn in the sand. I think I think it's gone, you know, as we talked about earlier, basically right now it's nothing versus having a line. Sure. And, you know, I think there's a way to write in. But, again, people will, in this day of people being litigious and, and wanting to sue and all this kind of stuff over everything, it, it is hard to draft a policy and write a rule that somebody won't twist in an advantage, right? And, okay, I wrote this word but not that word and this symbol and this symbol could mean this. And, you know, it's just – I it stinks that we can't be reasonable <laughs> like because it, it does yeah, take a lot yeah. of the fun out of the yeah. game um you know i i remember growing up and you know even face paint and like it was just it was fun it was a way to express yourself and get psyched up for the game and we're taking a lot of that away from the kids but yeah. um all right well into uh our d1 talk and you mentioned teams getting healthy uh this time of year and the one i wanted to bring up because i saw them a couple times last week was uh was pinkerton yeah um you know they hit a rough stretch um kind of a week or two ago dropping four or five games they were banged as we talked about they were banged up missing guys um you know matt morrison missed some time for them ryan lynch was out um both those guys came back last week um lynch kind of gradually he played a little bit against merrimack i think a little bit against londonderry and then had a great game on saturday against algonquin picked up his hundredth career goal which, if you think about that as a, a senior missing out on a freshman year, um, I think that's a, a, a pretty. I think he committed to college that day too. I think he committed to SNHU. On did he? That day. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. he definitely did over the weekend. It was last week. It was last week. Mighty guy. That's a big day. You get your hundredth goal. You and then he turned, to college, like. turns around on Monday in their win on Monday, and I believe he had seven goals on Monday. Yeah. So I so, mean, <laughs> just you can tell why. You know, obviously they have a, a good defense, a good goaltender. I mean, in those games that they they did drop. They were in those games, and now you add those pieces back into the mix. Um, you know they're they're definitely going to be a team to reckon with come playoff time. There that again, you got a weapon like Cole Frank, you can control the pace of the game. Um, going to be going to be a, a tough team for for a lot of teams down the stretch. I think. And you know that was I'm glad you mentioned Cole too because that was a big difference from their game Monday to Saturday um, was that Monday they were winning faceoffs against Merrimack. And a lot of times we're not doing anything with them, you know, whether it was turnovers, bad shots. It's, it's something great like to have possession, but they got sure. it's got to translate mean into, something. into something. Yeah. yeah, and it and against Algonquin, it did. You know, they um, they possessed a lot better. I felt like, for, especially in the first half, Algonquin barely had the ball. Their two goals in the first quarter, they actually took a two-one lead off of some bad turnovers from Pinkerton. Um, you know, in in their in their clear, and it was. It was one of those. It's like okay, they called a timeout, righted the ship, and from there on I, out. I think was... you're gonna know. I think you're gonna quickly know the um, the impact of these guys. Um, you know, today, basically, or or Wednesday when, when you're listening yeah. tomorrow, <laughs> you'll be able to see. Um, they played Londonderry last week to a seven six game at in, home in double overtime. In double overtime, they are on the road today. They're playing on grass, which can be tricky, but. Um, you know, now those guys are back. Interesting to see what that box score will look like tomorrow, right? Do those guys impact? Um, you know, Walden and Net for Londonderry can get really hot. He can make saves. If they clear well um, and Londonderry's offense keeps progressing, I know Coach Wiedenfeld was talking about that earlier in the week. Um, you know, if they can do that, maybe they can, maybe they can pull another game like that. But 
I, I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see that box score come tomorrow morning and how how those players being healthy impacts Pinkerton's offense. You know, and Londonderry has been a very strong um, yeah. defensive team all year. Um, the seven goals they gave up to Pinkerton last week was uh, not a season high, but but they're you know outside of their um, you know couple games against Exeter, you know that season opener when Exeter is full strength. BG the other day, uh, you know they haven't given up much more than that. Um, you know, even in the games that they've lost, their their other games that they've lost, you know, they only gave up four to Bedford in a in a four three. You figure most time week. when you give up four goals, you're going to win. You're going to win yeah. that game. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, yeah. So that'll be a good barometer to see where Pinkerton is at now that they're, you know, full strength going into that game. Uh, you know, mentioned that, that Merrimack. You know, they had a, a a loss to Pinkerton last week. They followed it up with another tough loss to to BG on Friday. Uh, you know, first kind of stretch for them this season where things haven't necessarily gone their way. How would they bounce back? Well, turns out they, they looked perfectly fine on Monday. Uh, they got out to an 8 nothing lead in the first quarter against Nashville North, who, you know, who was riding pretty high after, uh, after you know. Great win against uh, South. Yeah, great win against South. Um, just came out pretty flat in that game, and then Merrimack took advantage, got up 8 nothing. as I said, ended up winning 19-1. to in that one, um, you know, great all-around game. I think from from just about everybody on their offense, they were able to work in, you know, some of the the um, backup goalies. Um, you know, just uh, great for them to bounce back. And you know, they look at you look at their schedule now. You know, they only play fourteen games. They played a lot of their games early, so now they've got a week off until they they play Manchester. Um, you know, a week where they play Manchester and Salem before they really you know, hit some of the iron there to finish the season with Bedford and Exeter. It's a strange, uh, it's a strange schedule. Like that, that is a lot for this late in the season. That's a lot of dead time, but it does, if you use it right, right. And um, you work on some things at practice, it gives you an opportunity. You know, you've got two winnable games with, with uh, Man U and, and Salem coming up before you, you hit a stretch again, where you're playing Bedford and Exeter back to back within two days of each other. Um, you got to tighten those things up, and if they can, they can get one of those wins. I mean, they are still in the hunt for a top four seed sure. right now. Yeah. Um, even if then, they, it'll be interesting to see the points, even if they drop, even if they drop both those games, only having five losses, it still may put them in contention for for, for a, top a higher seed, seed there. because yeah, because yeah, a lot of the other teams could end up with five losses. I mean, Pinkerton and Exeter are already at four each. Um, so yeah, they, there could be. Yeah, we could see a, a number one seed that's got three or four losses. Um, yeah, you know, for once, sure. Once this is all said and done, um, you know, as as we mentioned a little bit there with North, um, I, I'm throwing this into the ring for the early candidate of uh, of game of the year, uh, that North South game last Thursday. Um, I, it's got to be. It has to be one of the better games I've seen this year because of the the intensity that both both teams brought. Um, you know, the adjustments that they both made. Each team went on little bit, you know, mini runs here and there going back and forth at each other. Early on, you had, uh, it was it was basically Jack Peters versus uh, Bo Dubois just going back and forth. Uh, Peters got the first two. Bo got the, the second, th- or the next three. Make it 3-2 after one quarter. It was 5-5 at halftime. Uh, and that's the kind of, the, it looked like it was going to keep going like that. And then all of a sudden you had South, go on a little bit of a run um they end up going up i want to say nine seven early in the fourth quarter uh and then they just their offense just kind of disappeared um they had a hard time keeping possession after that north kind of asserted itself a little bit had some opportunity man up opportunities um you know and they got um some pretty good 
balanced uh, uh, scoring-wise in that game. Um, Peters had, I want to say, four goals. Um, if, I'm, now I'm trying to remember his guy's names off the top of my head, which is always a bad thing. Uh, Alec Jenkerson was in the mix there for scoring-wise. Uh, Nick Wilkinson also had a couple goals. Um, it was just, yeah, it was it was a fun, entertaining game, and great to see, you know, regardless of where they're at this season, just great to see that game have that kind of intensity because that was North's first win over South. They they lost nine in a row going back to May of 2017. I'll be honest, with you, I would have thought it would have been even longer than that. Oh, I, I okay. couldn't I couldn't remember the last time a North team had beaten there was a South team that year. I want to say South was a playoff team. Yeah. And North snuck up on him, I think, in the first game of the year and beat him. And then South turned around and uh, beat him pretty good in the, the second meeting. Um, you know, and then they, they, they have another game to go, too. They'll play next Wednesday, the 17th, um, in the early game of that doubleheader. The girls will play the late game. So it's, uh, a, you know. and that, that Nashua that, North could be tough. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know, that home field advantage. Um, We're laughing because they both yeah. play at Stellos. Um that could be a huge game for for North too oh, for at sure. that point um, because they they are you know right now they're the seventh seed in the playoffs. Yep, yep, and they've got you know they've got some tough games. They're they're going to need that game. They've got some tough games left on their schedule. They've got a big one today at at Alvern. Alvern, a team that you know again we've talked about on the Division Two side that is playing well. That um, you know they've lost some games, but they're putting up points. So. You know, maybe a game that Nashua North at the beginning of the year thought was going to be, you know, like like a, a, an easy win for them. Uh, that's a critical game for them today to, to win that one yeah. there. But and then, um, you know, we'll talk about this game a little bit just because it'll happen before the next show. But um, you know, BG's got a stretch coming up where they play some pretty good out of out of state teams to end the year, along with Pinkerton mixed in there. Um, but maybe the um, the one of the highlights of that that stretch is next Tuesday when they will pay, play uh, St. John's Prep. Got confirmation from from Coach Cameron here that game is going to be at Stellos, four o'clock, May sixteenth at Stellos. Which um, I know they they were hope or they were thinking about maybe trying to find a neutral site for that game somewhere in between. Um, but I think that's um, to have that game at Stellos and then follow that up the following Sunday, the twenty first, with BC High coming up here to play at Stellos. Um, I mean, if you're if you're a fan of the sport, if you you know, regardless of what your feelings are, um, you need to go watch those games. There's going to be some really high level lacrosse being played. Some really really good athletes out on the field there. Um, it, yeah, an amazing opportunity. Great venue. I mean, there'll be plenty of seating. We won't have to worry about you know. It was really neat to to have a game at PMA, but you know, <laughs> seating seating's a little seating's a little have, tough there. They have seats there. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, w and what's kind of interesting, too, with, with all these games being played is that, uh, you know, of course, uh, St. John's and BC High are, are rivals in mass. They play each other, I think, twice a year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, BC High had had a losing streak to St. John's that they snapped earlier this year. Uh, I know St. John's bounced back from that game with a win over Staples, kind of in the same fashion that BG played them. They got up big. On Staples, Staples came back, forced overtime, and then St. John's won that game in overtime. Um, so it's so looking at those scores. You're in for you're in for yeah, a treat. Yeah, I think it's, it's good. Yeah, you know, very yeah. evenly matched teams could come down to face off and goaltending, individual matchups, which coach makes the right call in terms of you know one-on-one uh, -on -one matchups, that type of thing. Um, yeah, should be some great games. All right. Well, uh, 
what do we got here going on in Division Two? I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> I mean, I know we, we always say this because we talk about the unbalanced schedule and who beats who and why, you know, what's up with this score and what's up with that score. And, and I know two weeks ago we were talking, well, it's vacation week. You never know who's here and who's not. Um, but there have been a couple scores the last week that just I, I have left me kind of scratching my head. Um, I guess we'll, we'll, let's start with, with Tuesday's game um, where, where Derryfield beats – Timberlane 17 to two certainly did not see that score coming. Um, you know, it, it was uh, a six, six Oh run to start the game in the first quarter for your guys. And, and I think, you, you know, you and I've talked and, and coach Blaska and I talked about it yesterday. And I think you said you talked to him as well. That first quarter was a perfect storm. I think of your guys executing shot placement was as good as it could be. And then things just started to snowball on Timberlane. You know, they, there are a couple of miscues that they that were, you know, quickly capitalized on. And then the next thing you know, it's out of control. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. And I, I've watched Timberlane play a lot. They are a really good team. They're well coached. I still maintain they're one of the best coached teams out there. We just played about as well as we could play. Um, I, I told Coach Ken we put a lot of prep into the game. Uh, we had an idea of what we wanted to do, and the kids went out and they they executed about as perfectly as they as they could. Um, but you know, we know Timberlane's very good. They're going to be back. They'll bounce back, and um, you know, we we fully expect that we could see them again come playoff time. Um, but really proud of the way the kids played yesterday. Um, just it, the energy and intensity that they brought to the beginning of the game, and then maintained throughout. There were a couple lulls where we had to reset ourselves, but. Um, yeah, I mean, just like I think you hit the nail on the head. We we, we were able to get out and get a fast start. Um, shot placement was really good. We made some stops defensively. We faced off well. We rode and clear well, and and all those things just kind of added up to, like you said, it kind of snowballing, and um, you know, going going our way yesterday in a big way. I think the best news maybe for Timberlane is that they don't have a lot of time to think about it. They turned turned around on Wednesday to play Dover. Um, and then they go up to Kingswood on Friday. So they keep them busy. They got you know a couple games that they've got to fo- focus in on, and then they turn around next Tuesday and play Wyndham. I apologize to Coach Murphy in advance. I don't think he's going to play, play a very happy or sleepy Timberlane today. I think they're going to be I think they're going to be angry. But it, as we talked about earlier, that is that is a tough one to turn around and play because you're going to play a team that um, you know they make no bones about it. They've got a very good goaltender and they're going to play zone, and so. Um, it could it could also be a frustrating day for Timberlane too when you want to just get out and run and run your normal stuff and you you've got to play a little bit differently there, um, but that that should be a great game too for them today. Uh, good test to bounce back. You know the other other teams uh, other team that, that their scores this week have, have kind of raised my eyebrows at a little bit uh, is Goffstown. Um, you know they 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 had a tough game against you guys last week. Um, they bounce back or come back on Monday. Go to Winnicott and lose a seven-six game in overtime. Uh, Winnicott team that's kind of that's been surging of late. Um, you know, kind of starting to put things together for them. And then they um, they go out to Conval and beat what was maybe one of the the surprise hottest teams of of the the last couple weeks there in the Cougars. And not just beat them, they put thirteen goals up on them against a, a Conval team that's been playing well defensively. Yeah, I, I'll tell everybody that that you know wants to hear it and will listen to me that I, I Goffstown is a really good team. They've got some really good pieces on both the offensive defensive end. We know about Sean Cody and Net. Um, they go in and out of man and zone. Um, they make you work for for all of their goals. 
Um, and again, we played really well when, when we played them last week, but I've been telling everyone that they are a better team than their record indicates. And I think you're going to see them, you know, hopefully it's not too late, um, for them, but, uh, I think you're going to see them continue to get better as the season goes along. And, and again, it's going to be a team that you're probably not going to want to see in the playoffs because they do present some problems. I mean, I, I think defensively, they can they can lock it down, and I think that's kind of what you saw. They're a tough team to prepare for, um, and I think you, you saw a little bit of that in the Winnicunit game there. Um, when Sean gets hot, he's as good as any goalie in the league. Uh, I'm, yeah, you said no one wants to see them in the playoffs. they got to get into the playoffs first. Right now, and that's kind of what I meant. they got to get, they gotta string some yeah. win. they got to string yeah. some wins together, but they're, they're definitely capable of doing it. Yeah, they are tied right now with Merrimack Valley for the 14th spot um, in the division – um, they didn't don't play each other this year, so I'm not. Sh- I haven't didn't go through all the permutations of the tiebreakers there, but um, that'll that'll be coming. That'll be on the site later today. Ho- hopefully, uh, I know I said that last <laughs> week, and that that didn't end up happening. But uh, this will this um, I'm fingers crossed will be the week we finally get a look at at that. Um, and they've got a big game coming up Thursday night uh, at Sauhegan. Another team they, that another team that's kind of yeah, hot right and now. And then another and then really well. they turn around Friday and host Pembroke over at St. A's. Uh, which has been another team that's um, you know a little bit of a surprise this year, sitting at five and four, right in the middle of uh, middle of the playoff mix. Um, you know, and then uh, you know you mentioned Sauhegan. Um they had a game the other night with Portsmouth. Um, you know that um, the final score of that one, I was a little little stunned by. Um, you know, Portsmouth won that one twelve six. A little bit lower scoring for them than I, I maybe would have guessed. Um, I think Portsmouth. I think Portsmouth did get out to like a twelve-two lead in there, and kinda, I think rotated, the dogs rotated off, some yeah. guy, rotated some guys in. Um, but still, I mean, a, a tremendous defensive effort from Sauhegan. Um, You know, Sauhegan, uh We, I can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast last week, but got a great win over Hollis Brookline, nine-six. Followed that up with a win, uh, Pembroke. You know, it's a team that you mentioned. You know, there, there's a lot of athletes that have come out. Um, I recently, I, I was able to talk to Cole Manning's brother the other day, and it seems like Cole's making good progress and expected to be back in the lineup soon. So going to help them on offense. Um, you know, again, uh, a dangerous team. They're getting good goalie play right now. Um, so Sauhegan, Sauhegan's got some things rolling right now. And then I don't think we can wrap up the D2 talk without mentioning, uh, the Thursday night game, uh, Dairyfield at Portsmouth, um, rematch of, I don't mean to say, yeah, last year's championship game, but then also the semifinals from two years ago and the championship games from... 17 know, and 18. 18. Yeah. So a lot of history um, here in this this rivalry. Um, you know, before COVID, it was all Dairy Field. And then since COVID, it's been, it's been all Portsmouth. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm expecting... I don't know what exactly I'm expecting as an outcome, but I'm expecting... You know, the, another another candidate for game of the year here. Uh, no, no pressure on anybody. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I think both teams are I think both teams are ready. They're excited and they they want to see what what they can do against each other. And um, you know, again, I think we have the same mindset that we had going into Timberlane. Is like, you know what? It's it's a big game, but it's a regular season game, and we're continuing to try and peak for the playoffs. I know that's our mindset right now. And um, you know, we're gonna, we're going to see what we can do against a really well coached team. Um, you know, a team with, with some really good weapons on it on both the offense and defensive side. And uh, it'll be a good test for us coming up on Thursday. All right. Well, uh, yeah, looking forward to that one. Um, 
we'll transition to our Division Three talk here. And I guess the thing I want to, I I know I, I got a, <laughs> I got a little bit of feed of that feedback uh, you were talking about earlier from some some Division Three folks uh, a couple weeks ago mentioned the uh, what's going on with the with the scoring in Division Three or the lack of scoring. And I think the answer, you know, I, I, I might have said this the following week, and it's, I feel like it's since been confirmed to me. It's, the defenses on the top teams in Division Three are really, really good. Uh, and that's been the biggest thing. Goaltending yeah. defense has been really, really good. Um, you know, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I think some people listened to the podcast a few weeks ago and kind of took offense to where's all the scoring <laughs> in Division Three. It's not really like that. It's more just like it, it, eye-opening that, hey, so many teams are playing really good defense right now and you're getting good goaltending. And, um, you know, it, it's uh, – I I don't know if fun or stressful is the right word. I got to think, uh, you know, <laughs> coaching coaching in that division right now, knowing that all these games are going to be so tightly and hotly contested like that, uh, definitely definitely makes for some exciting afternoons. Uh, the one team that I've, I've seen the most probably in Division Three has been Campbell, um, which makes sense because – uh, they're actually the closest one to where I live, so <laughs> that's been a little easier to get over to see them. Um, and I will say, seeing their defense, um, I think we knew going into the year that they were probably going to be stronger on that side of the ball. You know, with with a goalie like Ryan Garrett back, I think, you know, three-year starter in goal, uh, Jackson Canale also back as a, as a, a multi-year starter. But then you mix in a couple other guys too that they've got in there. Um, you know, mainly the um, the Hirschberger twins, uh, Nick and Scott. Um, you know they've got four guys back there that when you just you you look at I, I can't imagine you know, talk about intimidation um, you know forget about eye black just looking at the that at Campbell's defense you know a couple of big guys all football players all with the with a pole in their hand and then you've got a, a, a you know high level goalie there you know behind them and that's I, I mean you're gonna have to move the ball you're gonna have to move the ball you're gonna have to cut well off ball um you know you, it's probably not a team that you're gonna you're gonna consistently dodge and win your matchup one-on-one against dom silva that was the uh the fourth fourth uh guy's name on their defense that i was trying to trying to pull up and who i guess is a um first year guy or or at least a fir- definitely a first year starter for them yeah i mean they've got they've got really strong pro you know soccer basketball football you know across the board they've got they've got really good athletes and and Coach Knight's a really good coach. He, he knows he's going to get those kids to come out. You know, and you look at their results too. They had um, they had a ten nine overtime win at Co Brown last Friday. Uh, outside of those nine goals, they haven't given up more than four in a game this year. Yeah, no, incredible. I mean, I, the one that stands out to me, they had a four two win over Hopkinson. I couldn't even imagine that. That had to be extremely stressful. I, yeah, I couldn't oh, even wow. imagine coaching in that. It game. was. I, I don't know about oh. stressful, but it was a little tough to watch at times uh, with the ball on the ground quite a bit. Um, you know, and then they've got a they've got an interesting matchup coming up this Friday. Um, Campbell has to go up to Plymouth. Um, you know, a team that I feel like we're always they're always there. always they're there always lurking for you know for a, for a Final Four spot. Um, you know, they're with the with a lot of games getting rained out the last couple of weeks. Some some of the schedules haven't been filled in entirely. Um, but looking at their schedule, it says they're five and two. They're actually seven and two. Um, sitting right there at the top, they've got a game against uh, or had a game against Guilford on Wednesday. You know, I, I Guilford has been a tough one to figure out. Some of their scores have been looked really good. They had a really tough one on Monday at Campbell. Um, so Plymouth could be eight and two going into that game against the Campbell team that uh, could be ten and zero. Um, quite the matchup. I really wish that it was in Litchfield instead of Plymouth. But those Guilford uh, scores do boggle my mind. I'm looking at that like I it it's got it. There there must be something weird. I don't. I, 
I have no idea. I haven't watched him play. I don't know if it's a zone. I don't know what's going on. But like, yeah, they've had some. They've had some scores where like, you know, they they've beaten a, a good Pelham team. That was they've, in four overtimes too. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah, uh, the four three. Yeah, four three yeah. and four overtimes. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's just uh, well, yeah. And I mean, actually, you know what? They almost knocked off Co Brown. They they played a five four game with Co Brown there, but then Laconia turns around and blitzes them. Uh, you know, uh, 14-4 and Campbell 11-1. So I, tough Guilford team to figure out, but one that, again, that's probably a team you don't want to want to see early in the playoffs there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, and Laconia is a team that's starting to turn some things around. We knew they were going to maybe get off to a rough start with a, a tough opening schedule. A lot of new guys coming back. And I think we they we talked about have them having like one one starter back. Um, from last year, maybe it was one senior, um, somewhere, something like that. They've won five in a row. Um, tough stretch for them. They beat Trinity on Monday. Uh, they they were scheduled to play Cole Brown on Wednesday, and then they go to Hopkinton Friday. Um, those you know, are, yeah, those will be two those, big ones to kind of see where they're at there. Their early losses were not bad losses. No, they were close. No. They were against good teams, teams that are all in contention right now. So, you know, it looks like Laconia isn't that if they're if they're not at the top, they're not that far off right now based on based on those scores. You know, the other game to um, well, it's another one that's on <laughs> man. They were, the Wednesday schedule must be pretty good this way. I feel like we keep turning around and saying. Oh, that game's on. Uh, oh, it already have. It'll. I'm have a little happened. worried. I'm a little worried. Well, we'll, we'll see in box scores tomorrow. I'm a little worried that Billy Ball's got enough referees for today. Oh boy, uh, we don't. We don't need that again. Um, but yeah, th- this the the fun thing I think about this division too. Yeah, I know Campbell and Bo are undefeated. Um, but I don't feel like there's anybody that's head and shoulders. Uh, uh, you know, above everyone else. There's no. I, it's I wide would open. Tell, I would tell you right now. I think I think Bo has separated itself a little bit. Um, I think some of their I think some of their closer scores early on. I, I think they you know not to make excuses, but I think it was vacation week, and I think they were missing some kids for a little bit there. But then they've since then, you know, they've I, I would put them slightly above. Again, I haven't seen them. They haven't played Campbell, right? They no. They, that's they that not, game is that on the uh, the nineteenth. Yeah. at Campbell. So that'll be an interesting one there. They proved themselves. I believe they did. They did beat Cobe Brown. Correct. Yes. yes. Uh, win over Cole Brown. Yeah. Win over Pelham. A ten to two win over Hopkinton on Saturday. Last yeah, that Saturday. was impressive. Yeah. I saw that one. And they that played. One. They were scheduled to play Wednesday. Yeah. So I, I I think Bose separated itself a little bit, but I would agree with you. Come playoff time, I I think there there's five or six teams that could all uh all end up seeing each other in the championship. All right. Well, I think uh, I don't know. Any other final thoughts before we we wrap it up for the week? Well, after a lull, I think that's, you know, we've got D3 is rolling now. Now we're getting some good games yep. there. We had a little yep. bit of a lull where we weren't able to talk to him about much. And, um, you know, just uh, on the D1 side, happy to see uh, some of the guys who were banged up for both Pinkerton and Exer return into action there. Um, I think, I believe I've seen Gavin Lechner get back in the box score a little bit. I think he was playing against Lincoln Sudbury. Good to see him back again. Um, you know, and I, it just makes it, it – it's better when everybody when everybody's healthy absolutely yeah all right well i think that'll do it for this week uh chris thanks again and uh he's chris hetler dairyfield boys lacrosse and uh, coach and ad i'm joe marcellina thanks again for listening we'll talk to you next week